0: This is the 911 Calls podcast with the operator and his trusty junior assistant Mr. Luma. I think my friend just had
1: a seizure.
0: Can you unconscious?
2: Is she
0: breathing? Yes. Oh God. Emma. Hey Luna. Hey Opera. Hey, um, wanted to start off by telling you that I know I've asked some pretty hard-hitting questions of you in the past. That maybe risk digging up your past, and I wanted to, I wanted to just tell you I'm sorry.
2: Uh, It's unnecessary, but apology accepted. It's not, you really, honestly, it's, you haven't dug that deep.
0: Well, I felt, I felt like I had dug and, uh, you know, especially putting it out there into the airwaves for all to hear through their ear I felt, you know, maybe it wasn't my place all the time. So I'm sorry.
2: Well, you don't need to be. Because I'm, I'm careful in the way that I respond to it It's a bad entertainment We're trying to be entertaining here And I'm, I'm a pretty open book most of the time On Dark Topic as well I think mainly what it would be is me personally Just framing it appropriately So that I don't blow up anybody's spot For my past It's funny how many people that we know Are actually listening to this podcast now And I get some messages like oh, I'm sorry that you felt that way at that time It's like, man, no problem
0: Yeah, well from me to you, I'm sorry. Also, have you ever overdosed or been in a situation where you have seen <laughs> other people overdose? And if so, did anything terrible occur during that time while you or they were uh, overdosing? Wow. Right back to it.
2: Okay, I see you. I see what you're also, doing. But on. I prefaced it with I'm sorry. So, yeah, All right. Sorry. 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 <clears throat> overdosed. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of one that's... F- Entertaining it. Okay, I used to hang out with a guy who would get naked all the time. He had a big flaccid penis. Uh, sure, erect wow. fairly large too, but uh, he would wrap it around his wrist and ask people if they want to know what time it was. And so he did eight hits of acid this one night with a couple of other guys, and but him in particular, he, um, his dad was a cop, and really letting loose. He would always wear a multicolored wig and get naked and uh, wrap his flaccid penis around his wrist and ask people if they want to know what time it was. Wow. Uh, always getting in fights. He would never make it during this uh, Me Too movements of times. He would he would he would not survive. I wonder what he's doing right now. Probably dead. He actually got arrested for robbing a convenience store with a butter knife. And when they came to the call, forgive me if I've told the story before, if you've heard it, anyone listening from Dark Topic or after shows on... Uh, Patreon, but he was just sitting there eating Doritos. He had knocked over a rack of Doritos and chips, and he was sitting there eating Doritos, you know. I don't think he was naked. With a butter knife? With a butter knife, yeah. Just, put, just butter in his biscuit down there. So he... Wow. He uh, he was arrested there, but he was doing this 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 acid, like, lots of it. And if you've ever seen somebody on acid, I mean, they're weird in the first place, but eight hits of acid, uh, out of his mind remembering what it was like to be in the womb from the looks of things, curled up, flailing, screaming, help me. So what we did, we didn't want to get busted at this party, is that we, we got him out of the house, brought him down to this church that was down the street, laid him on the steps, and went back and called 911 oh. and said, hey, there, there's a naked guy. <laughs> there's a guy. <laughs> I don't think he was naked, actually. <laughs> there's a guy in the steps. You need to go help him. And uh, an ambulance showed up and they brought him to the hospital, it was their problem. So that's the only story I can think of right now.
0: Oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh that happens, I guess. Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing, not the funny thing, the the uh the only stories I know of of people overdosing are people that I I know. I've never myself overdosed. But it's interesting when someone the, the people that i know that have overdosed there's always someone nearby who is more or less a pe- a predator you know that seems to take advantage of the situation like you know those videos where like someone just gets knocked out in the streets or you know mm. shot or something and they're they're incapacitated and there's always like two or three people that come over and pick all their pockets y- you seen this
2: yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: it's like that with overdosing too. Like the, the 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 two the two cases that come to mind, both were girls, and that man they these are these scream me too moments. But there's always somebody there to take advantage of uh, that terrible situation.
2: This is a different level of me too that we're talking yeah, about here. that's not even
0: that's <clears throat> not even me too. That's like
2: uh, I, I got one more for you. I'll throw this in here quick. Yeah. Uh. Ooh. There was a guy, oh, I gotta be careful again here. He killed himself that I knew, and he had cut his wrist in the bathtub, all screwed up on drugs and everything. And I think that he was the type, like many are, like they say when somebody jumps off of a roof or, and they survive, that they, the minute they jumped off, the second, the millisecond they jumped off, they regretted it. And they'll tell that story when they come back out of their coma or whatever. This guy slid his wrist in the bathtub, and, uh, they found him at the front door. Oh! So he was in the tub when he cut his wrists and they found him at the front door. And that haunts the hell out of me because he tried to go and get help.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. That reminds, that type of thing makes me think of those, those killer stories you hear about the cases where you know the thing was drawn out over a long period of time, like like the guy in Germany that put out that ad that was like looking for someone to eat. And then that whole case. His whole, yes, yeah. and this whole court case and how long that, that whole situation played out. Or the Australian gal that killed her husband and like, you know, debrided him of all of his skin and was oh, yeah, cooking yeah. part of we, him. We covered that
2: too. Yeah, yeah
0: man. Th- you know, those, those situations it just seems like such a such a lonely place to be as a human in those dark moments where it is. it's 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 over and it's going to be over at some point, but not anytime soon, not soon enough, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. There was the case of the blue bell. I covered it a dark topic as well, where uh, I don't. This says this is going way off track. This is getting into suicide again, which I don't like to talk about much because it elicits a lot of. terrible feedback because the way that I present it often but he um was gonna kill himself over what he had done to this family on this little ship it was the episode's called The Blue Bell again on Patreon I think now and uh, he basically murdered himself and that's rare where somebody kills themselves in a way where like they're stabbing themselves in the chest and in the legs and trying to cut that that artery in the leg I forget what it's called Mm -hmm. and um and when they found him, it looked like he had been murdered. And they thought they thought he'd been stabbed to death. And they they realized after their investigation that it was just him in there with the knife. You know, just stabbing He's, away at himself and hating on himself. There's been a lot of situations like that. You know,
0: the ones that come to mind are the, like videos of people. That, I mean, it's terrible that people do this, but, uh, but they'll like live stream their own death, like hanging. Yeah. And you can tell if, uh, you know. If you ever watch one of those videos, you can tell at a certain point that it's over, and it's going downhill, but but they have regretted what they're doing, mm-hmm. they've done, and they just can't they can't get out of the situation. There's no chair underneath them anymore. there's nothing to hold on to. you yeah. can You can tell that point of no return where they where yeah, it's that that second off of the the leap off of the ledge.
2: They want to take it back. Yes, they, they want to take it back, but they can't they've gone too far. Yeah, creepy as hell, man. Dark. Anyway, so we're talking about overdoses, though. So what do you got for our call? Oof,
0: that was was a trip down terrible lane. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I've got a story of uh, of two women and how their lives intertwined as their friendship blossomed like the sweet flowers of the poppy plant. So Kristen and June's budding friendship began... As many friendships begin, you know, during a court ordered stay in rehab, they laughed, you know, and they played and they did methadone shots together and rubbed each other's bellies because both ladies were pregnant at the same time and hmm. did the things that any friendship rooted in the throes of addiction does, you know. They cried together and laughed together, they overdosed on heroin together, you know. Yeah, classic. Just a, the regular trappings of a good friendship. Mm. So one rusty autumn afternoon in October. Of wow, 20- I like that. I like thank that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was, that, I was. I was going for uh, imagery there. You did so it. I'll, thank you. I'll, I'm, I'll start again. One rusty autumn afternoon in October of 2017. Kristen O'Connor and June Schweinhardt, no relation to July Schweinhardt, <laughs> okay. were giggling, as good friends do, as they proceeded to get blasted on heroin in an SUV in a Bank of America parking lot in Boynton Beach, Florida.
2: Uh, Florida, okay.
0: O'Connor. <laughs> is it pretty clear so far?
2: I got it now. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. O'Connor had just previously received a text message from her dealer saying, Are you good? That was his way of asking if she needed any of the good stuff, and wouldn't you know it, she did need some of the good stuff. So the two proceeded to get the drugs and snorted what they described as, quote, a small amount of heroin in the parking garage at the condo complex down the road. Soon they were making their way downtown, and... (laughs) Jeez. And, wow! And June Was the designated driver As Kristen was confident That she was the better driver Under the influence of heroin <laughs> oh. mm-hmm. Yeah, I can just see how that plays out It's like, oh, June, June, honey You're driving, you're so oh. much better you're so much more cognitively aware whilst under the influence.
2: I don't know if you've ever been in a vehicle with somebody on a drug like that. I was on with somebody on on ecstasy coming back from a party, probably in like the late '90s, and uh, banging up against the barrier and sparks flying, and them just Ooh. looking straight ahead, listening to "Making the Way Downtown" <laughs> on a Friday night, trying to not to kill everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, you're hitting the you're hitting the guardrail." It's like, "Oh, that's cool, man." Turn up those tunes.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that was what these guys, these girls were into here, you know. But the giggles turned to gurgles as O'Connor began to overdose, stopped breathing, and subsequently passed out. Mm. But with her crap like reflexes, Ju- June whipped out her. Oh, you're laughing. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> with her crap like reflexes, June whipped out her burner phone and dialed 911.
2: Mm.
0: On the verge of an overdose herself, uh, but uh, here's the uh, the heroic call that she made. You, uh, you ready for me to hit play?
2: Yeah, I am. All right. <laughs>
0: Here we go. No one. Hello. Hello. How
1: can I help you? Hi, um, what, what time is this? I think my friend just had a seizure, she was like out. Okay, what, where are you? Because I need an address, so it's an officer. What, 574, 574 East Wilbright. Okay, what business are what you in uh Bank, uh, Bank of America, or, um, there is, what is that? Okay. Okay, okay what's, the phone okay. what's the phone number you're calling from? Hey, um, this is my cell phone. Okay, what's that phone number? Just in case we get disconnected. You say, do you think she's having a seizure? Yeah, uh, either that, I don't know. Yeah, it looks okay. like she's having are a you, seizure. Are you with her now? Yes. How old is she? Yeah, she's unconscious too. Okay. I don't know. Twenty-eight. Is she unconscious? Is she breathing? Yes. Oh, God. Emma! Is she breathing? Yes. Oh, God. Emma! Is she breathing? Hey! Is she breathing? Hey, oh, God! Can you pull your head
3: up? I don't want her to swallow it. From okay.
1: Kristen. Oh! Listen! Hey! Okay, is she breathing?
3: Hey, Kristen. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get some more information from you. Is she breathing? Yeah, we
1: think she's so she's breathing. Okay. And is she still unconscious? Is she still seizing? Yeah. Yeah, she she's she's breathing but like you can barely Like what like what do you mean barely? Is she making like snoring noises or what's going on? Um, she was like, uh, pretty, like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Has she had more than one seizure in a row? Um, I don't know if she had, like, back, to, had them back to back or, Okay. I don't know. Okay. Is she pregnant? No. Okay. Is she a diabetic? <laughs> Seriously? No. Okay. Is she an epileptic? Is she, um, did she diagnose with a seizure disorder? Like, does she get them all the time? Um, I'm not sure, actually. Okay. Does she have a history of stroke or brain tumor? No. Okay. Is that her in the background making noises? To no. Know. Okay. Has the jerking
3: stopped yet? Um... I
1: okay. don't Okay. Has it stopped or not? Ma'am, is he still, is he still shaking or twitching? Um...
3: like... Is that her? I hear a lot of
1: background noise. Is that her trying to breathe? She's like um. Ah, uh, she's. She's. Okay,
3: yeah, hold on.
2: All right, jeez. Huh. <sighs> Well, you know what song she was kind of trying to sing there It was like "Staying Alive," "Staying Alive," "Staying Alive." Like that, that, that sound the entire time. It's obviously her. You know, you're getting into that song now, right? like man, she is she is sucking air and and trying to come back to reality. That's that's rough to hear. I have a fun
0: I have a fun fact to know and share for you regarding that song. Oh. So it's interesting that that song is named "Staying Alive" because actually during CPR they say that. To find the proper rhythm for the compressions, <laughs> if you follow that that song, "Staying Alive," uh, 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 those uh, are chest compressions. Uh, that's the pace. Yeah, that's the pace of your, your chest compressions should be. There's another song too that that they say you could follow too, but "Staying Alive." Happy birthday. Uh, 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 uh. No, don't do that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's too much.
0: Yeah. You know, most you want to avoid like any speed metal,
2: uh, any songs by Tool. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stick with staying alive. It's thirty and two, right? Thirty chest compressions and then two breaths. Still, that's what it was last time I took. Well,
0: it. It, you know, there's no breaths anymore. You're no. not supposed to breath. Hmm. You're not supposed to breath them at all. Just compressions.
2: Oh, well, that's a relief. I
0: don't know why that is. People got sick of kissing hobos. I guess. Okay. So, well, as you can tell by the call. June was on the top of her game that is if the game was to avoid saying incriminating things to the 911 dispatcher yeah. so she was so high that she was almost useless on that call just
2: yeah. just terrible at least she called yeah.
0: yeah 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 well that's the best thing the call really did was just to alert the dispatcher that there was something else wrong with this picture actually mm-hmm. so as you heard the dispatcher say you know, several times she you know quote What's going on in the background? Uh, she was picking up on something that June was not willing to put down. That was, there were four people in the SUV during this call. Oh, okay. Kristen, who was dying from her overdose. June, who was herself on the verge of the same fate. And Ooh. their two newborn children nestled in the back seat. O'Connor's two-month-old son... And Schweinhardt's one-month-old daughter.
2: And on top of this, they're both pregnant, too? Well, no, they were pregnant. Oh, okay. Okay. So they were
0: pregnant. Wow. You can speculate on whether or not they were you know, using drugs during their pregnancy or whatever. But what we do know is they're, they're blasted out of their minds right now. Yeah. And they have two infants, two newborns in the back of the car. Uh, interesting aside... Mm-hmm. The police report stated that the infants were properly restrained, which I guess is one good thing if there's anything good to come from
2: this. Good. Yeah, well, sure. I'm sure they were driving at a reduced speed anyways, being high on heroin. So this is almost like a celebration party of their new motherhood, uh, getting banged out, doing that. I was in a situation similar to this, and I'll say this fast. Uh, Again, in my late teens, I guess it was 18, 19, in a car, and this is uh, doing crack cocaine, driving along, and the guy who was driving sets me up with it. Oh, man, this is shameless. <laughs> and the the rock was too big, and I hit the whole thing because we're in a situation where you don't want to be doing it too long, right? So I just bang, hit that rock down, just click the lighter, and friggin' burn off all the dead wood on my brain. And it's probably like a $80 rock it was a mistake and my whole right side went numb oh no and we're drunk yeah and that song making my way downtown on a Friday night, was playing and and then staying alive came on and that made a lot of sense because I was actually trying to stay alive I didn't want to t- he was like why aren't you talking I'm like I can't. I can't. I can't I can't I can't I can't I'm having a you know i a stroke and then eventually we stopped at the gas station he got me some Gatorade And that didn't help, but uh, (laughs) just stopping and taking some deep breaths, I got out of it. I was not, you know, I didn't have kids in the back or anything, so so don't judge me. So your whole right side, you were driving? No, I was in the passenger side, so he set it up, we had grabbed it, and then we're going on the highway, headed on the highway, and he grabs a piece off and puts it into the pipe. You know those asthma inhalers? Yeah, yeah. We had those, you put foil over top of it, and then you put uh, cigarette ash, and you poke a bunch of holes into it, and then you put the rock on top, and then you melt it through. He put too big of a rock, because he wasn't paying enough attention, and he gave me a massive rock, and me trying to get it down, so that the other people driving beside us don't recognize we're doing drugs in the car while we're driving. I just hit this <laughs> monster rock, and I'm um, making my way downtown, <laughs> and just flopping on my right side. Oh, gosh. Oh, I still think about that. I-, I, gave that up. I gave that up like 20 years ago now, so... Don't send me any emails with uh, yeah. advice. Hope
0: you're doing better, Jack. Hope you're doing better. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh gosh, uh, right. actually, I have an inhaler right here. Yeah, you do. I, don't, I see it. I yeah, I haven't set it up. Yeah, I haven't set this one up for for heroin or crack cocaine. Or anything you're
2: you're three steps yet. away though.
0: Yeah, right. right. Step one: get an inhaler. <laughs> and yes. Then the rest is either you know breathe well for the rest of your life or make a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> yes. Making some, some mistakes downtown, dude. Do, 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 do.
2: <laughs> what 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 a strange thing to use for doing that, right? You're really uh, compromising your lungs by doing yeah, that drug. It's ironic. <laughs> yes, it is.
0: <laughs> I love that we can laugh about your uh,
2: your. Oh. <laughs> Uh, real real quick again one more time the first time I the first time I did it was the guy who was dying of AIDS oh, I want to say his name oh
0: my gosh are you and kidding he, me he, yeah he's,
2: he's dead now and uh, uh, what was, I don't want to say his name I know his name though and he uh, gave it to me and I was like 16 and I uh, and if you're ever doing crack people don't blow into it so I was nervous. It was my first time doing it. You, like, blow out into the pipe? You got you, you to gotta blow out to the side and then hit it and then suck in. Use that inhale. Oh. I, I blew it into the asthma inhaler and it popped the rock off the top. And most Oh, you're talking put... about
0: your initial exhale to, yeah. to get a good breath in, to so exhale out to the side.
2: Yes, because you don't want to blow blow that rock off. Yeah. And I blew those rocks off. They were small rocks. Like, it wasn't, like, oh, one no. chunk like I just talked about. It was, like, the little small rocks. And I blew into it immediately and just popped. My first hit <laughs> of crack cocaine, I, I completely blew it, and and that guy who died of AIDS was so mad at me. But uh, we figured it well, out.
0: Yeah, you figured it out, and he died. So
2: you know. Yeah. Ah, man, this is rough. That, Onward and upward. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the. Holy cow!
0: All right, so woo.
2: Wow, my soul took a beating on that. Ugh, I feel like I,
0: I don't know. I feel like I have a shell I got to crack out of now or something.
2: Oh. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, me too.
0: Uh well, I, I love where you're at now, Jack.
2: I, I, oh no, I, totally. Your mention at the start of being apologetic for that, I think, has opened a Pandora's box of my my past. But let's let's go. Let's go.
0: It's opened up a terrible wound, and I I'm mm-hmm. having PTSD and everything, mm-hmm. and the memories keep flowing. But let's just let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. Please. Stuff stuff that down, Jack. Come on, <laughs> stuff it down. We'll get, for the show. The show must go on. Oh my gosh, I'm so oh. sorry. All right, so well. <laughs> The, the, so the noises the dispatcher was hearing were the cries of the two unattended newborns, which were just sort strapped in the back while you know everybody's dying. But the end of, at the end of the last segment, you hear June say, "Hold on." After that, she handed the phone to another gentleman, a guy named Randy, that had stopped to assist in the parking lot. So let's uh, finish this uh, dumpster fire off, shall we? Yes,
2: please. Let's do that. Yeah.
0: Ready for me to hit play? (laughs)
2: Yeah, I am. Okay.
0: All right. Oh, boy. Here we go. But first, everyone keeps asking, operator, please do an ad. We want to hear more ads. So, fine. Here you go. Here's an ad. All right. Here we go.
3: Hi, my name is Randy. Um, Yeah, she's unconscious right now. She's uh, got very shallow breathing. Uh, She's struggling to get air. Um,
1: Okay. She
3: does have a heart beat.
1: Okay, I just want to. When you say shallow uh, breathing, struggling to breathe, is she
3: making like uh, snoring noises or anything like that? No, kind of a wheezing, kind of a wheezing noise. It looked kind of like uh, she had quit breathing slowly, and then all of a sudden she loaded to get some air in, and then it was kind of like a wheezing uh, sound. And I hear the ambulance coming up right now.
1: Okay, are you guys outside? Uh, yes. Are you near a vehicle?
3: Yeah, so I'm going to flag them down just as soon as I get close.
1: Okay, what
3: kind of vehicle is it that you're near? Um, there's a white uh, Chevy van that's a storm electric on the side. It's a white Chevy van.
1: Okay. All right, just stay on the phone I me. Mean, just
3: okay, keep it on her. Let me know if she becomes unconscious or stops breathing. Okay, well she's unconscious right now. She's, uh, she doesn't respond. No. Uh, she is breathing though. Okay, here, just stay on the phone
0: me. me. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting to me that like no one has mentioned the children. You know, not even yeah. Randy who showed up like, I, and you know, this is all tall, total armchair quarterbacking, but it, it seems like, uh, if you knew that medical was on the way and everything and that there were newborns in the car, you might mention, Hey, by the way, there's some newborns in this car, a pack of two, yeah. uh, collect them all. And mm. you, you know, when, when they, that way the medical knows what they're getting into when they get there. But yeah, jeez,
2: Yeah. Oh, so... Good thing Randy was there, though. Oh, good old Randy. Did... So, did someone die here? Uh, no
0: one died, no, but both mothers were charged with child neglect amongst a smattering of other charges due to... With possession and uh, yeah. operating a vehicle while under the influence. Oh, oh man. And, and and both children are at this time in the custody of... of family
2: not not uh not these two good wonderkins yeah i pitched you something there like what's worse driving around with your kids strapped in appropriately in the back seat a high on heroin to the point where one of you is overdosing and you're on your way or doing it at home while strapping your kids to child seats in the corner of the room and in a controlled environment
0: I think I'll bet you that happens. I bet you it happens too. You know, if your kids if your kid's mobile at all, I'll bet that there are some addicts homes where they're like, "I need to secure my child." Maybe they put them in a car seat in the corner, or buckle them into their booster, you know, right. pour a bunch of cereal on the tray, and then just go conk out for.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, the the thing that I'm that I'm learning about. Uh, so this happened to me just a little while ago, actually. Uh, Someone I know that I'm close to, um, they 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 spent some time in prison. But prior to going into prison, um, uh, they were in my garage and they were on their they were on their way out. They were not Mm -hmm. making their way downtown. They were making their way to the big house uh, very soon. We didn't know it at the moment, but it happened like the next day. But uh, he he was he was uh, he's an addict. And um, I I recall he was so far gone at this point. It had been months, you know, months of him disappearing and months of Bender and coming, you know, getting off of it and getting back on. And he was standing in my garage and he just looked, looked me right in the eyes and he said, I don't care about anything. I don't care uh-huh. about my children. Uh-huh. I don't care about what anyone thinks. I know I should. Right. But I just don't care. And yes. it was really interesting because... I've never seen someone so resigned to, uh, you know, to, to his body was completely consumed by the drug that he was addicted to that he, he, he's like, I know I should care about all these things, but I don't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't care about themselves. I think in, in those moments and they can't care about anything else as a result. So I hope that they, they figure all that stuff out. I hope that they're also, uh, are they a listener of this podcast? I mean, you taking some risks there talking yeah, about no, that I no know. he
0: listens he listens he knows i love him and he he's uh he's he's working through things now you know and he's yeah. doing very well he's actually doing very well right now
2: yeah there you go there you go because because it is it is the drugs you know and and, and vocalizing things like that you're showing that you care in, in a roundabout way by even even talking about it like you want to but you can't because of the influence that you're under and it's a it's a little cry for help right there so that's good to hear that he's doing a little bit better
0: and I have a tendency to not take anything seriously. Like, they know I'm serious, but I always t- tend to add levity to the situation. So my response to him was, I said, yeah, you know, you're in an interesting spot when uh, when uh, everyone around you is like, hey, where is he? And the thoughts in your head are, he's either dead <laughs> mm mm-hmm. dead. Or arrested like that that's like when you're not around, if that's all the, those are the two things that people think you know your life's taking a turn. like me if I if I'm not around for a little while, not my wife you know my wife has a myriad of options of where I could be or what I could be doing. but yeah, it's mm-hmm. never dead in a ditch or arrested you know it's not those aren't the bookends on her her thoughts. <laughs>
2: Right. No, definitely.
0: And so it was interesting. You know, we talked about that for a minute, in the you know, it's just like wow, you know, when you're where you're at, that's uh, that pretty much sums up your existence.
2: I'll give a very simple piece of advice to anybody who's listening who has a drug addiction, or you know, yeah, you're still going through it. It's this, and they'll tell you this in therapy and all that too. It's that the drugs or the alcohol or whatever it is, alcohol is a drug too. It uh, it will cause a whole bunch of problems in your life. And people think often that just getting rid of that, just stopping doing the drugs and just stopping drinking or whatever will solve all those problems. But the the use of the drugs and whatever is a symptom of another problem. Right. And you need to figure out what that problem is to be able to extinguish it completely. So it's not your fault, really, that, that you're so addicted. Um, you're trying to medicate yourself in a very cheap and covert way that's what drugs um, afford us we can go silently into a dark corner of a room and do these things or be it with friends who are in a similar situation and feel better for a spell um, you need to find out what's causing that symptom what's causing that need to escape
0: yes I agree and I'd love to have more simple uh, answers or responses for people the only thing I would add is that it's about replacement Um, And sometimes that's a lifelong journey is the replacement of whatever you're doing. You know, people go away for rehab for a reason, and that is it gives the body and mind a short, uh, relatively speaking, a short period of time where everything in your life is replaced with. Banality, boring, um, mm-hmm. just talking, sitting in rooms and reading books, and uh, it's not meant to rewire you to do all the boring things you're doing at rehab. It's basically to get your body to say, "Okay, in the moments where I would use X, Y, Z thing to medicate, I can be doing something else." And so it forces your body into that state. And then, then from then, it's a lifelong journey of remembering when you feel that trigger to continue to replace that with something else right?
2: yes absolutely and and continue, talking about my drug use throughout this episode what I found and the re- way I was able to get away from it was I was very young and I was thrown into these situations and I was just kind of trying to fit in I was lost and the people that I found were lost too but they were older and much older in some circumstances and uh, i was just trying to kind of hang in there with them and, and do what they did yeah. and then once i found people that for me it was very simple i just had to find people that loved me and that supported me for who i actually am and, and weren't into those type of things and it was easy for me to transition that way but there are many people who had abuse in their childhoods or you know or they started at a very young age with with this kind of stuff um and it's and it's a lot deeper. For me I was able to transition. I'm I'm a I'm a different case. I can, I could pick it up and drop it and move on uh very simply and and I've had people tell me you need therapy and you need to figure it all. It's like, "No, I I I I do understand it and the reason's why I went for those things in the past was was simply just trying to fit in. Addiction never grabbed me. It was um I was a relief actually just to, to this the the remedy for me was to get around get a better circle around me and, and not become the company I kept become the the better company that I was starting to keep it was that simple for me but a lot of people have it it's a it's a lot more convoluted than that I will say I believe in when you state state
0: things that way you are a bit of a unicorn. But really, what you've what you what you've done to spin out or, or develop or evolve out of what you were doing is fundamental to whether you're in rehab or whatever, and that is replacement. And in often cases, it's relocation. It's relocation physically or logistically. It's also relocation of your mental state, yes. which there's a whole lot to unpack in most of these cases. Our bodies want what we really shouldn't ever give them, whether that's you know yeah. food or chemical or whatever or or even even uh, relationships and so we're constantly unpacking this problematic like our our minds and our bodies want an easy way through life you know yes it's hard to hard to deal
2: with if you're not getting those endorphins blasted to you through the company you keep like i was talking about if you're not happy in your regular life while you're sober then you'll you'll reproduce that through through drug use you'll you'll make it happen whether or not the situation is correct or not it you have to take it it has to happen to you because of the drugs that you've put into yourself yes and what i'm saying is for for me i just wasn't in the best situations um once i got into a good one that was all that i needed would you would you agree would you agree with this one thing a
0: couple things i've noticed about addiction is uh one is that um it's it's really it's really hard to uh, entice someone who is who has an addiction who who is an addict to the life of not being an addict because it seems extremely boring. It seems yeah. extremely un, undramatic and boring. That's a thing that 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 is because you know the the use and the the le- the life that comes with that the the process of acquisition of drugs or the process of just getting that it's dramatic. There's you know yeah. you're you're on on fire in a way,
2: right? A lot of the people that I saw that were doing these type of things, they were bored and they were unhappy, and and they couldn't take a vacation like somebody with money or someone with privilege could take and go to the beach and swim and you know be around people around a campfire that they enjoy being around. They didn't have all those things, so doing the drugs was a vacation in itself, a cheap way to get away. And they once they come off of it, they're back in this dirty, low down scene still. And they've they've escaped it in a in a way that is uh, you know detrimental to everything and now everything's even worse than it was in the first place so you continue going back to that drug right, to, to get you away from it and you go deeper and deeper every time you come back out of that happiness that those endorphins provide from doing the drug you, you look back at your life once you sober up and you're like ugh, it's gotten worse like there's more junk in the house it's terrible
0: yeah, and you're bookended by two environments you've got the one that you come out of into, back into and you're like this is terrible that's why I go into that world and the other is those who love you or care about you a sense of, I would say, despisement for that because you look at them and you're like, I, I'm never going to be as clean and spotless and squeaky and yeah, your life is not my life, man. Exactly, you know. So you're, you're bookended by these things. So People want to help you. You look at that life and you're like, that is, I am one thousand miles from what you're talking about, you know. And so it's hard for those who want to help you, to understand what a baby step of progress looks like to you also that that what what you consider progress they may not <laughs> even consider as like hey i didn't do crack for a week and they're like good now you just have a lifetime left and suddenly you're totally dashed and you know it's like man i can't even win but on the other hand you you, you despise the the like you said the trash heap that you came out of your high back into yeah and so neither world seems appealing. It, t- it takes a long time for that, for the high of living that kind of life to come back down. And you realize that boring and banality and all the things that just are a boring Tuesday
2: yeah. is
0: actually so you can appreciate it after a long while,
2: yes. you know. And there, there are people who get addicted to drugs, and there are those who do not, who are coming from similar situations. And there are some who never do them because they're just—let's be—I'll be honest with how I feel about it—that they're just boring people, and they're okay with 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 mediocrity throughout their entire life. A lot of people get addicted to drugs, and I've been around them. They're very, they're characters. There are people who are striving to, to feel life to its fullest, but their circumstances that they grew up in or their friendships that they made on the way up out of this shitty situation that they grew up in, um, they, the only way to make it intense and, and vibrant and great is to do those drugs where people people in an in a environment where it's there, there's these options to do well in their lives they can latch onto that, these people can't. Not to say that people who do you know, who have everything given to them don't become drug addicts, they do. And I think the reason why m there is maybe because it's just too easy and, and it's empty. We are all, all are looking for something that's full and, and it feels like there's there's a lot to it. And when you're high the conversations you have with people are very intense, and you but you can't remember them, and you, and you can't put them into play once you once you sober up because you're so beaten down by the effects of the drugs. So the answer for for me at least is if you're an extreme person like that and you think a lot and and and, and you're too much for most people at time, you, you need to put that into a positive space. And the answer always is exercise. Mm, yeah, exercise, writing, be intense in that way. Because like I said. There are people that that live in shitty circumstances, just continue throughout the rest of their lives because they're a bit dull. Us that want to do more, sometimes take the easy way, but you, you got to go up. You, you can't go down because because you'll die. You'll die unhappy, and everyone around you will be unhappy, and you don't want that. We all, nobody wants. No one wants to be addicted to drugs. No one, you know, you, you don't want to be there. And the only way is to take charge of it yourself. And I, it, sometimes all it takes is one morning where you get up and you jog and now you've set the base for it or you get up and you write and now you set a new it's like oh okay well maybe i could do that tomorrow i want i want to you know i want to vibe off of this instead so
0: i agree diverting your energy or your passion or the zeal that you put into the thing that is keeping you down divert that the other thing i think is when you do that and you go jog and then you come home and you realize how good you felt and everything. And another day goes and you write. And another day goes and then something happens. And then you totally crash and burn and fail. I think very important to forgive yourself and move forward. Just just don't get stuck again thinking, ah, I killed it. I do that like with dieting. I do that. Like I'll, I'll do so well for a long time. and then And then one night I'll eat like, you know, A whole sleeve of Oreos And then I'm like Oh it's over Yeah Rather than thinking Okay I just misstepped Tomorrow I'll just I'll be better I get in this mindset Where I'm like It's over Okay now Now that I'm here I might as well Eat all the junk food In the house Over the next couple weeks And then start again You know So I go on a bender Of sorts you know And it's all mental It's all mental
2: Yeah The most beautiful feeling You can have And it's happened to me It's happened to me Kind of right now I'm off off right now I'm smoking cigarettes And stuff for this call But is to go like a week where, where you're getting up and you're doing it all right and and it does it chunks it kind of chunks up behind you you're like I don't want to waste yeah. all that time that I put into this thing like uh, and now I'm starting to feel good what happens though to people like myself is that you start to feel good and you're like oh now I can treat myself and now you go do those drugs uh, and now you buy yourself a pack of cigarettes because your lungs feel clear and now your head's right. clear so I, I can handle it but you wake up that next morning and now you're on that track again and if suddenly you're yes. a week into doing that, that garbage again. So it's uh, about discipline, isn't it? It's about discipline. I think so. It's a choice.
0: We deceive ourselves into believing that we can reward ourselves with the thing that has actually shackled us. Yeah. And um, I, even, you know, food is my deal. You know, I, 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 uh, I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not morbidly obese or anything, but... I struggle with that. My lifestyle is one of producing podcasts and doing things that require me to be relatively sedentary. So I have to cram physical activity into my life, and cram all these things, and cram structure as far as eating goes. And 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 it's not apples to apples with a heroin addiction, but it's my it's my my cross to bear and so it is all across the board i think it's about structure yeah. and finding finding ways back to where your body cuz your body doesn't want to tell you that it likes good things right once it's gotten a bad thing whatever that is and so it's finding that way back
2: yeah and i and to finish this conversation i think that we all think we're going to figure it out at some point but i've seen so many people die i've seen so many people just die and and i think they would have figured it out eventually maybe but if you're going to if you want to, if every day you're thinking I'm gonna work out today, every day I'm thinking you're thinking I'm going to eat well today, you have to do it today. You have to do it tomorrow. Um, or because you really you don't know how much time you got left. I know guys in their forties, early forties having heart attacks because they keep on relapsing. I'm one of them. I, I mean I could be on that track myself and I think about it almost every day. And it again, it does. It takes you you have to hit it for a few days. That's what rehab's really good for. It's expensive for a lot of people though. Um, so it's difficult for them to get into it. But uh, uh, besides rehab, if you can't afford it, I think what you do is you change your job. If you're willing to take that risk of doing drugs and just blowing your whole life out and making everybody disres- like not respect you anymore and you lose your job and all that, if you're willing to take that risk, if you're willing to go down that path, you might as well go down a path where you change your job, you change your lifestyle, you change your friendships, and you give that a go too. If you got the balls to do that, you got the balls to do this. So yeah, give it a go. Yep. Let me know how you do. Well, and I because I'm uh, not thought so good with it, but I try.
0: <laughs> I will tell. I will say. I don't. Uh, um, my relationship with you has developed over time, and and I I love you, and I I will tell you that I think about you every day when I think about those things, you know, and I I count me as somebody that uh, that cares, you know. Um, and we all have our own vices. And I, like, I, on a Marco Polo to Jack the other day, I was like, okay, you are now my, uh, you're, you're my un, unwilling and unsolicited uh, sponsor for my weight control, you know? And I forced him to be, <laughs> help me be accountable. Sometimes, you know, the good people in your life, you just need to be able to take a hold of them and say, I, I, need, uh, I need your help.
2: Yeah. And he said to me, you're like, I'm about like 240 pounds. And I was like, you know what? You look like you... 265. Yeah, 265. Okay, I was trying to help you. I was like, you look like you're supposed to be about 450, so you're looking pretty good for the guy you're supposed to look like.
0: Yeah. Well, something about just the mental process of having you and Kent Mullins, you and Kent, telling you, I'm I'm going to... Uh, you guys should, should watch me and say stuff if you see stuff, you know, as far as my... Uh, just... Not Neither one of you have said anything, but I lost 10 pounds in a week because of that, because I knew that I had said that to you, yeah. you know, and yeah. kind of put put me on a path
2: that somebody's watching me. All in your neck. All in your neck, too, by the way. You look like a <laughs> lollipop. crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Eight pounds out of the neck and two pounds on the forehead. I didn't even know that I was gaining it there, but I started to look a little Cro-Magnon up According yeah. to my wife, she's like, yeah, you've looked better. You look less... Uh, <laughs> Frowny, grumpy, concerned. <laughs>
2: so, All right. Do we have a happy ending? Or that we do. Long? I've got
0: a happy oh. ending here. Okay, here we go. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of backstory on this one. So Nathan Teckelmerium and Carson Reinhardt were two fun-loving criminals who had just met literally... When the call you are about to hear started, you can literally hear them just meeting for the first time mm-hmm. at the beginning of the call. First-time friends, long-time jailmates. So, uh, you'll see why. Um, you ready for me to uh, to hit play? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Nine one one, speech emergency. Uh, what's your name? I'm Nate.
3: Wait, yes, him. I am you Hello? I just want to see how so bad right now. Get the bolts and give me a hammer just in case. They're north of here! I'll back a little bit and search the whole But we'll park far away, you know? He's like, behind me, dude. Really? I swear to God. I'm hoping. Me over. Oh, he's following me, dog. Peggy, I'm driving to your house. All uh-huh. right. We're in a place. That's me. Give me a cigarette, seriously. I don't want to be in house. I did not need a beer. You're a light, hurry up. You're a lighter. So I'm probably won't follow this over. I'm sorry to say the first time. You, huh? You're calling the s. Uh, yeah, I know. Probably just trying to scare me. Because this one would have pulled it over immediately if you thought it was dumped. Oh, you know? He heard something. Oh, wow. Wow, what the s did I do? I don't you're you're going to go here, Good, Good evening. what did I do? I'll grab you stuff up the vehicle for me, okay? No. okay. I put it out? Yeah, Okay, I'll put it, right, I'll it out right now. Do you have anything in the vehicle that's uh, should be in the vehicle? Not at all. Oh, right. I'm just grabbing my phone. will really call 911. Huh? I said this will really call 911. That's how we're... Yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at that. You don't believe that?
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. 35 minutes. Alright. So that call it was a little hard to hear, and there were some jump cuts that I that I kinda had to make out of it because the whole call was 35 minutes long. But oh my gosh, what what that was, what you just heard was hold on a second. What you just heard was Around 11.30 p.m. on a brisk evening in May, Nathan Telemarker or whatever his last name was and Carson Rhinestone, who was a distant cousin of Johnny Carson, (laughs) went on a little shopping spree with no money and a fistful of bad luck. So, unwittingly documenting the event's evenings, these two crime kids from the shore bus accidentally butt-dialed 911 as they kicked things off just to have the whole series of their evening bad ventures recorded by the 911 dispatcher. Can you believe that? Wow. So, that was that whole thing was a butt-dial? That was a butt-dial. So, you hear him at the very beginning of the call, like, say, I'm Nathan. Um, that was them being introduced to each other. So, uh you hear at the very beginning of the call that they needed weed and they so they warmed up by breaking into a locked car right. and uh because of the dis- the dispatcher was able to hear the men plot breaking into the car uh the moment the glass shattered and even the strange way in which Merriam and Reinhardt divided up the prescription pills they discovered one of them had trouble counting out the pills and uh, you could hear him restarting his count because it can't count very well. (laughs) So, So yeah, the dispatcher was able to relay a bunch of details about the two until they were identified by a police car that was in the area and then they were tailed sufficiently and then apprehended. They had no idea why they had been pulled over until the officer informed them that the whole thing had been Recorded in pristine 4G quality. Uh, And at the end, you can hear him say, the phone really called 911. This phone really called 911? Damn. (laughs) So the two uh, stupid troopers were charged with burglary, conspiracy, and possession of stolen property. Wow.
2: Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. it definitely, yeah, it's it sounded like he was calling in, but he wasn't. They were just kind of hanging out, breaking into cars and doing drugs together. Yeah. Interesting. I guess that it's was fun- a happy ending.
0: Yeah, it was just funny, you know. But uh, I thought it was interesting, too, how, like, the cops pulling him, like, driving behind him, and he's like, yeah. man, what did I do? Wow. Like, it, you know, in his head, there's, like, no, no, like... Assessed accountability for what they had been doing It's just all about What did this cop think I did Yeah <laughs> <That's> so funny <laughs> Like if it were me That cop would have come up to the window And been like good evening I would have been like I broke into a car and I took a bunch of pills <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you yeah know? We, we, used, we used to play this game when I was a kid Where um, there was no action We would be in these portables You know there's portables outside of a school If there was too many kids They start building portables uh-huh. So we would like smoke weed back there and uh, someone would go to a phone booth, and we'd always screw with each other this way, where someone would eventually, at some point, this one guy, his name was Kevin, he would go and he would call the cops on us <laughs> to, create, to create a situation, to create an adventure.
0: Like suspense?
2: Yeah, yeah, and act all cool, and all of a sudden, cop cars would pull up to the portables, right? He called into the <laughs> service of the portables, and we're like, oh my God, I'm off uh, smoking weed and run through this field and stuff. So, uh, yeah, oh my adventures, gosh. man adventures. Kids.
0: Kids will be kids and then felons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all I got. So, well, thanks for uh, thanks for talking to us about your your past, Jack, and uh,
2: that's always fun. uh,
0: And my not past.
2: (laughs) You got some stuff. Let's shove a stick of butter in your mouth and see what you start talking about.
0: (laughs) I knew it. All right, everyone. Hugs. Hey, thanks for listening and supporting this award-winning show, everyone. Have you listened to our other show, Dark Calls, yet? It's the show where we play the calls that are too dark for this show. You've been warned. It's a Patreon-exclusive show, so if that sounds like your cup of tea, or about the price of a cup of tea, you can get that show, live-streaming video chats with Luna and me, plus a bunch of other extra content and features over on Patreon. Search for 1159 Media on Patreon to access all the extra goodness. The 911 Calls podcast is an 1159 Media production. Your loved ones would also love this show. You can spread the word and help us to gain even more awards than we already have. So much thanks to you. So many hugs.